Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi. And today I'm going to go through some teachings from the Word of God from the book of Thessalonians. So I pray the Lord will give you understanding to be able to comprehend what Apostle Paul was teaching the Thessalonians in his letter. And I will start from chapter 1 of the book of Thessalonians. If you have your Bible, this is a teaching, so you should take your Bible and read along, and then I will read, and then I will pause and give some explanation, and perhaps refer to some other Bible verses in our discussion today, or in, in the teaching. So the Lord will bless your heart. Now chapter 1 of the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians. Verse 1 says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, from that verse 1, you see Apostle Paul was with a team when he was writing this letter to the Thessalonians. He, had, he mentioned Silvanus and he mentioned Timotheus. And we are going to see as we go along this chapter that this letter was written in the same time frame when you see the the experience of Apostle Paul in the book of Acts of the Apostles. I think it's chapter 17. And I will refer to that when we get to when he was writing, he actually mentioned that he was sending Timotheus to them because of the experience of persecution that he experienced. And he wanted to make sure that the believers he left behind in Thessalonians were not worried by that uh, persecution so that the devil does not take advantage of them, of the, of, the, of the lack of knowledge. If they don't know that we may have to suffer persecution for Christ, the devil can make them say, well, you see, you see whom you are following, they drove him out of town, or the people drove him out of town, or the, the government drove him out of town, you still want to follow this guy? But he's trying to make sure that uh, they are not worried about that because they know the truth. Because the devil is already the ruler of this world, and when the kingdom of God begins to attack the kingdom of darkness, Satan didn't like it and he was raising persecution. And knowing this truth, we make believers to stand firm and not be shaken because we know that our kingdom is coming. And if you remember of this kingdom, Christ said, He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. So I may be getting ahead of myself here, but let's go ahead. Because that's summary of what Apostle Paul was writing to the Thessalonians about. Okay, let's go ahead in verse 2 of First Thessalonians chapter 1. It says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Now that's like encouraging words. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Now let me point to verse 4, especially he said, your election of God. 
Now you that is a believer, you must know that and believe it that God specifically elected you to believe. People thought, well, I heard the gospel, that's why I believed. Or I was raised by people, by parents that believed, that's why I believed. That may be how you come to know the gospel, but in the real sense, it is by election. The Bible, saw, the Bible said, many are called, in fact, the whole world is called into this kingdom, but few are chosen. So you are elected to believe the gospel of Christ, that Christ came to set us free from sin and is bringing a kingdom, the kingdom of righteousness, upon this side that is going to take over the kingdom of this world, and Satan and all those that follow Satan will be destroyed. So for you to believe and be partaker of this, it is by God's election. God shows you. A minister always used this you know, inference to describe it. It's like you are trying to enter a door, and in the front of the door, everybody is invited. Say, you are all called to come on, come on in. So the call is to everybody that's in the world. But those who open the door of this door and enter in, and the other refuse to enter in, those who open the door and enter in, when they look back at the door they entered, on the other side of the door, you know what was written there? You were actually chosen to be to be one of them to enter in. On the other side of the door, where everybody is seeing, that is, you are all called. But those who specifically enter that that heed the call and enter that door, when they go inside the door, they will see that on the other side of the door, the, the inscription is that you are actually chosen to believe this. You are actually chosen for this kingdom that's coming. So you should be thanking God that you heed the call. And you are following truth. And that but let's say you are not to sit on your laurels, you have to continue to believe and dear to the end because the devil knows what is coming. The devil knows that the kingdom of God is coming to take over and that Satan will be locked up in the bottomless pit. When this is done, he will resist it through many ways and through even human beings. So that is one of the things you need to be aware of and stand your ground. Because he said, it is through much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. Through much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. The devil that we are, that we are being delivered out of his grip will not let go without a fight. But say, you know whom you are standing with, Jesus Christ is saying, he has already conquered the devil. So don't be afraid of that. The fight may be through persecution of other people that don't believe. They don't know what they are doing. They do not know what they are doing. But you that know what you are doing, stand firm with Jesus. That's what we are saying to you. That's why I was first said, you are elected by God. Now let's go on with uh, verse 6 of First Thessalonians chapter 1. And he said, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. You see, when you receive the word of God, you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, there will be so many persecutions from your own family members or from the people that don't believe. Especially if you are from the other religion, the other wrong, wrong false religion may persecute you. You see, they say you have to receive this gospel with joy that you are partakers of the sufferings of Christ because they are worthy. That's what the Bible said. Those that are with Christ in the end when he shall come to take over the earth and it's going to resurrect those who are dead, they are counted worthy because they are, that they are faithful and that they deserve to receive the kingdom. Well, you see in the book of Revelation, that's one of the things that the Bible says, Thou art worthy to receive this kingdom. Why? 
He shed his blood for mankind. He was nailed to the cross. What kind of suffering is that? For what purpose? To save humanity. So that's why the whole ever say Christ is worthy to receive the kingdom of this earth. And those that suffer with him shall reign with him. And that's why it's not just using supernatural power to stop all the persecution. No, it does not use supernatural power to stop, stop persecution from believers. Some will be persecuted, many will be persecuted, but not everyone will be killed. They say those that suffer for him, that stand firm, they suffer with him. Because he also suffered and is worthy to take over this kingdom of this world and reign forever and ever. And so we that suffer with him, we are also going to reign forever and ever with him. So that is the gospel. So that's what Apostle Paul is saying, that these believers in Thessalonians also have received the gospel with much affliction, but with joy of the Holy Ghost. If you know what you are doing and you understand the gospel, you should be happy when you are persecuted by non-believers. He said, but let none of you suffer as a murderer. Let none of you suffer as a, evil, as a, as a busybody or evildoer. But if you suffer because you are a believer, because you belong to Christ, if you suffer because you refuse to take bribe, and they persecute you, that is a, a reward for you. There's a reward for that in heaven. That's what Apostle Paul said. Apostle Peter also seconded that. You will see that in also in, in the book of Apostle Peter. That if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. Now verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians. It says, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. It's still praising the, uh, the Thessalonian church. He said, for from you, that is from the Thessalonians, sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God's word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we add unto you, and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So that is the introduction to the letter of Apostle Paul. The letter is very short, but the chapter 1 was more or less praising the Thessalonians for their standing firm and waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come because they believed this gospel and they were ready to suffer for Christ. And that's what Apostle Paul was referring to. Verse chapter, I'm going to chapter 2 now. Apostle Paul, is, he said, these books, or you have to remember, this is a letter. It's, the letters are not normally written in, in chapters and verses. But those were put in there by people that, that, are, that are writing it for us, for reference sake, so that we can be able to refer. That's why it was broken into chapters and verses. So, but when anybody writes a letter to anybody, you don't normally put it in chapters and verses. It's a continuation of what was seen in chapter 1. But these are broken down for us by the people that compile the Bible so that we can use it for reference. Okay, chapter 2 now. For yourselves, he's still talking to the Thessalonians. Say, you yourself, brethren, you know our entrance in unto you. That is when we came to preach the gospel to you. You know how we came, we demonstrated the power of God. That it was not in vain, verse 2, but even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. So what Apostle Paul says is that before they even got to Thessalonica to preach, they were formerly in Philippi, and they preached in Philippi and got some converts, but there was persecution raised against the gospel, and they were attacked and so on and so forth, and that they have to 
flee from Philippi. That's what he was referring to that even after that we had suffered before, that is the, the believers that are preaching, Apostle Paul and his team, said they suffered in Philippi. But when they came to Thessalonians, they were still bold to preach to the Thessalonians. If I say, say, for our exhortation was not of deceit. I mean, why are you bold to speak when you have just been busy for preaching this thing in Philippi? He said, our exhortation was not of deceit. We are not deceived, but we know the truth is the truth. But the devil would not let people believe that that is the truth. That's the why we are fighting against Satan when we preach the gospel. You have to remember that. That's what Apostle Paul was experiencing, was expressing here, that the preaching of the gospel is like, it's a, it's a warfare against satanic spirit. That is ruling this world. Who knew exactly what it's all about. And they didn't want human beings to know. And it will those who are preaching it. But you are called and chosen to believe it. But stand firm. And don't, don't, they don't let any trick of the devil deceive you into throwing away your faith in Christ. Stand firm. That's what Apostle Paul is referring to here. He said, we are bold to speak to you even though we have suffered for the gospel in Philippi before we ran to Thessalonica. But we are still bold. See, for our exhortation, what we are teaching you, was not of deceit, we are not deceiving anybody, nor of uncleanness, we are not trying to make money, nor in guile, neither in any deception, because some people think well, these preachers are just there to make money. So we are not there to make money. We that are preaching on Jerusalem, I can tell of myself, and we are following the examples Apostle Paul laid down. We are not preaching the gospel on Jerusalem so that you can send money to us, no. In fact, we are actually using our own money to preach this gospel on the radio, to teach this thing on the radio. The money that the Lord has provided for us from our own salary. Because we don't assume that our salary is because we, 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 we have it by ourselves. It is God that make it make a way for us to have salary from the job we are doing. And that was the same thing that Apostle Paul was using. He was a, a tent maker and he make money from the tent making that he did, which is his business, and use that to propagate the gospel. That was how the Lord led him to do it. So he was, that's why he said, when we are preaching, we are not preaching for uncleanness. We are not trying to make money out of it. We are trying to save souls from hell and from lake of fire. Because this thing is real. Hell and lake of fire is real. And the only salvation out of it is Jesus Christ. And he has commissioned us to do it because we belong to him, we are his servant. And whatever money he gave to us by, by salary or by any other way we get money through our job, our business, we use it to propagate this gospel. And that's what Apostle Paul was saying here, that the exhortation we are, the appreciation is not of deceit, nor of, not of uncleanness. We are not trying to make money, nor in guy. We are not trying to deceive anybody. We are telling you the truth. But Satan does not want people to know the truth because he knows that this is warfare against his kingdom. But we are not afraid of Satan because the devil is under our feet. He can only use human beings who believe to try to attack believers. Verse 4, go, let's go on with verse 4. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. You see, he said we are allowed of God. We, are, we can't claim and boast that we are so great. No, it is God that just allowed us to be put in the gospel. And we are grateful that he allowed us to do this because there is a reward for we that are preaching the gospel when we get to heaven. There's a reward. Christ said that he gave an example of a of a, a great man that went and asked servants Jesus Christ gave a, 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 a parable of a of a fellow that went and got a kingdom from afar off, but he put his servants to occupy till he come, he gave them talents. 
And then when he came back, he appointed those that have been faithful with the, with the work he gave them to do. He made them to be rulers over cities. So that is their reward for serving their, their, their boss. So we are expecting that when we do this work of love faithfully, when Nisha come back, he will reward us. We're not trying to get reward, trying to make money like some people are trying to make themselves rich by making mega churches and asking to contribute and so on. No, that's not the purpose of the gospel. The purpose of the gospel is to use our own money to save souls. Our reward is when Christ shall come, he will make some to be rulers over ten cities, some to be rulers over nations, some to be rulers over, over, over kingdoms, some to be rulers over galaxies. That is when he shall return. That will be the hope of the believers, of the saints, of the preachers, not making money. So that's why Apostle Paul is also saying here that our conversion is not of uncleanness. But God has allowed us to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, but we are pleasing God. We strike our hearts. Verse 5. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. See, he's saying when we are preaching the gospel, we are not using any cloak of covetousness. What is covetousness? Covetousness is trying to gain money from those who that believe from you, or those who believe the gospel that you are preaching to them. That is not the purpose. We are not trying to make you contribute some money for, for us, or for the gospel that you are preaching. If the Lord bless you, you can send money to help the ministry. But we are actually giving out books, as the Lord provided it. We are giving out books. We are giving out literature. We are giving out this gospel. We are paying it for down for my own salary, so that you can see that it is not through a cloak of covetousness. The Apostle Paul is just saying the same thing that we are doing for those that are doing the gospel right. They are doing it just like Apostle Paul did it because our reward is when Christ shall come back. Like he has said, he said, "Occupy till I come." The one that are faithful, he said, "You rule over ten cities." The one that now said, "You rule over five cities according to your faithfulness." In serving him. So that is what Apostle Paul is also referring to here. That it's not that at any time used with flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. Say, God is a witness. Verse 6. Now, of men sought we glory. See, we are not seeking glory from men. Like people trying to make themselves you know, accepted by the governors or by the, by the rulers of this world, by kings and others, or by politicians. To come to their church so that they can get more money. He said, That's not the purpose of what they are doing. The Apostle said, Nor of men. We do not seek glory from men, neither from even you guys that believe, nor yet from other people we might that we might have been burdensome. As the Apostle of Christ said, they are not trying to be burdensome to anybody either. Instead of saying, Well, now we are preachers, you shall you guys should contribute money to to feed us the ministers of the gospel. No. He said, We even feed ourselves, we will give money to people that are that have need. That's what Apostle Paul is referring to his own way of preaching the gospel. That is his own testimony and those that are knowing the truth of the gospel, they do it the same way because they are receiving their reward from the Lord Jesus Christ and not trying to build themselves empires here on earth. So if you see some so-called ministries building empires here on earth, then you know that that's not the way Apostle Paul did it. That's what Apostle Paul is saying here. What do you mean building empires? Well, they build schools and collecting money from people that come to school. They build mega churches and thousands have contributed and they have to have to cover up and say, well, if you come to our church, you become millionaires. And that's like a cloak of covetousness. Some people say if you contribute $1,000, God is going to multiply it. You know, those are a cloak of covetousness. You see, if it's not coming from your heart, it's an it's a extortion. Anyone that gives money to a, a ministry and it's not coming from your heart, 
the Lord has blessed you, you want to do this for the Lord. If it's not coming from your heart like that, then it's extortion. If they have to twist your money by giving you deception so that they, you can you can contribute, you can give, you can donate, and thinking that where God will multiply ten times if you test God. No, you cannot tempt, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You are not going to get anything. That's becoming extortion. And that's what Apostle Paul is saying that when we are when they are preaching the gospel, they are not using any cloak of covetousness. That's what you see in 40 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'm reading verse 5. So no, 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 any cloak of covetousness. See, God is our witness. And neither are we burdensome to anybody as apostles of Christ. See, even though as apostles of Christ, some people can be burdensome. Say, apostles have arrived. Oh, they have to feed them. No, they say, no, we, 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 have, we, we feed ourselves. That's what Apostle Paul said. That's how he, he went about doing the work of the Lord. And that's why there will be a great reward for him. And for those that do it the same way, great work for them by the Lord Jesus Christ when they get to heaven. So when we get to heaven, there is, there is, there is what call people say, there is, a, uh, there is class distinction. Let's put it that way. Class distinction. The way you serve him here on earth is going to reward you that way on, in heaven. Many people do not realize that. There is a class distinction. You will be surprised when you see some people that are just amassing money for themselves and claim themselves to be ministers or pastors. And they are just making themselves, building empires for themselves. And they will become nobody when they get to the if they ever get there at all. They will become nobody before the Lord. Why? Because they have gotten their reward. Christ said they already have their reward on earth. But Apostle Paul is saying exactly right now that he is not seeking glory from men. He did not sought glory from he did not seek glory from man or from anybody, but from God. And he said he was not even he was not even burdensome to them as apostles. He tried to take care of himself. He said from his own funding, he take care of the team members that go with him. You see that in this chapter. Verse 7. See, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished our children. So, verse 8. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Verse 9 says, For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we will not be chargeable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. Well, verse 9, what Apostle was referring to was that, he said they labor night and day, which means they are normal, they are normal, his own business that he does, which is the tent making that he does, is what he's causing by labor night, night and day. To make sure he's, he's getting the funding. Because what is he making the tent for? He, sell, he, he was selling these tents, almost like when you make um, all this cloth, that cloth material that they use for tents. Something like that is what Paris was making. And he said they call them tent makers. Because when he, it was in the book of Acts of the Apostles that we saw that Apostle Paul was a tent maker when he met um, the two the two friends that came from from uh, from Rome. That's uh, when he met it was Acts of the Apostles chapter 18. Let me read that quickly to you. Verse 1, 2, and 3. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. That is, in Corinth he met these two Jews, or this Jew, this couple called, called Aquila and Priscilla. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome. And Paul came unto them. 
Verse 3 says, and because he was of the same craft, that's the business that he was doing, and they were doing the same type of business, he abode with them and wrought. What does my wrought? They worked together to make tents. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. So that was the type of business Apostle Paul said he was doing. He said he labored night and day to get, make sure he gets enough funding to travel to the next place, to the next place, to the next place for preaching the gospel. And that is the way God has allowed it, that those who are preaching the gospel, they fund it with their own money. And in the, at least in the Gentile world. And Apostle Paul gave us that example. Because your reward is going to be great when you do it faithfully. And you satisfy, you are pleasing the, the Lord Jesus Christ, not extorting money from people. You, your reward is great in heaven. And this is what Apostle Paul was referring to in the book of Thessalonians that we are reading um, in chapter 2 of First Thessalonians. And we have come to verse 9. Apostle Paul said, You remember, brethren, our labor and travel for laboring night and day, that's laboring to make those things and sell it so that they can get enough funding to keep going. See, because we will not be chargeable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. Pastor said, Ye are witnesses. Almost like defending himself before them. And you come to say, Why was he addressing the Thessalonians like this? He didn't write this one to other places. He didn't write this one to the Romans. He didn't write this one to the Corinthians. He didn't write this one to the Colossians. He said, Every, every church that he have, that was writing to have different, different structure. And that's the reason why he was writing this to them. You see that reason when you get to some section. Actually, it's in the second Thessalonians when he will tell us the reason why he was writing this to them became clear. Because he was more like telling them that, look, we didn't bother, we didn't try to be a burden to you guys financially. We tried to sponsor ourselves. That's all he said in chapter 1 and chapter 2 here. And you wonder why is he saying that to these Thessalonians? You come to see the reason when we get to second Thessalonians chapter the second, second letter he wrote to the Thessalonians, he begins to make it clear that, look, he heard that some of them were busy bodies, not working, not having any job, and they expect the church to, to feed them. Maybe they claim to be ministers. They expect the church to contribute money to feed them. That was really, when you get to second Thessalonians, that was why Apostle Paul was writing it. He already knew about this, but he didn't spell it out. In the first letter he wrote to them here, he didn't spell it out. He more or less Book around it as you see how we showed ourselves as examples to you guys that you should walk and do this and do that and, and be able to sponsor the gospel yourself. He only spoke around it, he didn't put the nails, he didn't put the, the hammer on the nail for why he was writing this letter to them. But when you get to the second Thessalonians, because it looked like they didn't get it. So he wrote another letter to them, the second Thessalonians, and now mentioning that he heard that some of them were busybodies, not working at all, no job. And they are expecting the church to feed them. And that was what he was addressing. And why would anybody do that? Because they claim to be ministers. And some people are like that in some countries because they're traveling evangelists. And they will come to somebody's house and stay there. And when are you going? They don't know yet. But this is somebody that is housing them, has to feed them because this is a minister of God. They thought by feeding them, and but it became a burden for those that are feeding them because they themselves are struggling to even to have a financial and stability and now comes another mouth to feed so it became a burden and i suppose say that we are not burdensome to anybody when he was preaching his own gospel and that's really what he was saying here and this is a very important message that people that claim to be serving the lord in, a, in any capacity as evangelists or ministers of the gospel they have to fund themselves of course in the gentile world many of them have become in the half organization to 
to be paying them as salaries. But that is okay. Some churches have that. They pay their ministers. They pay their ministers' salaries. They pay their missionary salaries. Well, that's okay. If that is how, if that is the type of organization they follow. But they shouldn't be burdening some to individual member of the church. That's really what we are saying. Yeah. Because when they now form a real organization, some big organizations have a way around that by simply getting all the funds together from the donations, contributions, ties and suffering of so many churches and they use that to pay salaries to their ministers, to their pastors and any pastor that joined that organization will be they are taking care of them like that. But when the Lord sent Apostle Paul out, which the Lord is still sending individual people out without going through any organization that man has set up because God is still using those organizations. I'm not saying God didn't use them. We have so many organizations that are doing some things. But see, those that God is sending with power, with anointing, with this word, He's sending them individually, not through organization. And when He sends us out, He has to provide for it. And that's how He was providing for Apostle Paul, by giving him a job that is making some money, I can go to the next place. God provided for me personally by giving me a job that I'm able to get enough salary and I can have my even my tight and my just my own tight is what is able to do some of these things that we paid for radio stations and so on and so forth. So but that's what Apostle Paul is saying here that it was not burdensome to anybody. It was not chargeable unto any person among the believers. Verse 10 of First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 10 is what I are saying. Ye are witnesses and God also how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his children. I'm going to stop here and continue in the next broadcast. I just pray that this teaching is going to make you to see that we are serving the Lord and whatever we do for the Lord, there is a reward when the Lord shall come. Great reward for those that serve Him faithfully. And those who don't, who don't turn the man, those who that do not turn the gospel that they are preaching to merchandising, because it's a word of God that said some people have turned the, the gospel to merchandise as if they are selling the gospel. We have to pay for them to give you this, but that is not the way God has laid it down. Of course, the gospel needs to be funded. So those who are, God has touched, they are funding it. But the Lord is the one that knows how He's going to reward every person. God bless you.